Fast, efficient and affordable business grade hosting solutions, domain registration, SSL certificates and more. We also monitor and provide website security and update services, website builds, email hosting amongst other sensational products. If you have a question about your web page or your presence on the internet in general, no job is too big or too small. Visit our website today or better yet, contact us at blueoceanwebhosting.com.au and leave your website issues to us. Big ones, little ones, fiddly ones, powerful ones. The ones for the car or the truck, caravan, boat, mobility scooter, solar system. In fact, for any kind of battery, go straight to Battery Central Ipswich. They'll even help you when you know what you need to power but have no idea what'll do the job. Battery Central Ipswich, 280 Brisbane Street, West Ipswich, behind the yellow building. Expert advice, better batteries, best prices, every day. That's Battery Central Ipswich. Welcome to episode 733 of Aussie Tech Heads. I'm Jason Oakley and this is Will Topkinson. Howdy. Hey, mate. What's going on up there? Uh, fun or what? No, not really. No? <laughs> not overly, no. Aren't you in God's own? Um, not allowed to be anymore. Then his zone <laughs> wearing is like lockdown zone. Ah, uh, co-zone. Okay, co-zone. Is that like a, <laughs> a cos-zone? Cos have you got the Cazonis? <laughs> I beg you not to ask that question. <laughs> not after what happened last time. No. You should know the answer after that. <laughs> My ears are still ringing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, it's... um. I think, I think winter's just about done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's... No, we're going to hit a very cold snap over the next week. It's going to go down to lower single digits again. I don't know what's going. On. Um, it's just been all over the show. We've had rain, lots of rain, and uh, well, you know, it's been fairly warm. Had a couple of coolish nights, but nothing, not cold. I was excited today. I'm sitting there doing, pretending to be, I mean, doing my work, <laughs> and then suddenly, crash, bang, lightning, rain. I was like, yeah, oh crap, better go out there and get the garbage bins. Rain out there, grabbed them, pull them in, sat down again. <laughs> Where I was, I wanted to have a lovely big storm. Did you run everything. outside naked? Was that what you scared it off? Didn't you? <laughs> Usually works. <laughs> what scaring people off? Yes, <laughs> happens quite often. Uh, I'll have you know? Yeah, more often than one would think. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, no. It's uh, we've had probably every second day we've had rain here for a, a while. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Um and it hasn't been that cold, so the grass is still going nuts. And you know, you're supposed to get a reprieve in winter. You're only supposed to mow it like once every three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. That's how I've been. Yep, still mowing every week. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I haven't had the gardener here for like four weeks. Still hedging every second week. Still brush cutting every second week. Jeez, I just put what are you down. Doing, I just put out twenty liters of Roundup last weekend. <laughs> so you must have been pretty thirsty. <laughs> Yeah, don't don't do that. It's wasn't wasn't there a, a guy on American TV who's like, "This Roundup is so safe you could even drink it." You're like, "Okay, here's Here the glass go. we just poured it." Yeah, he's like, no, I "It's all right." He's like, "No, I'm not that stupid. I wouldn't drink it's it." It's all right. <laughs> I, I I'm not thirsty. It's fine. You can drink it, but I'm not. No, he actually goes, "Don't be stupid. I'm not drinking that." <laughs> Did he? <laughs> I'm not that stupid to do that. 
<laughs> I just say other people. They're like, didn't you just say you could drink it? Should drink it. He's like, no, you can. That doesn't mean you. He's like, you can drink it. It doesn't mean I'm going to. You can drink anything once. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I've been having fun with still doing my mining because um, the price of Bitcoin's dropped down so far. The payouts are getting more Bitcoinage of a lower value, but. That just means that when it comes back up again, you've doubled. Yeah, well, absolutely. Plus, I I started looking into something. um, Binance is one of the platforms I use, and um, they've got an investment thing where you can, a financial savings investment where you can take your Bitcoin and there's um, a locked locked account kind of like a long-term deposit thing, but it only goes for 90 days maximum. So you can lock away a minimum of 0.01 Bitcoin and then an interest on it in Bitcoin. Okay. And then when that pays out, you reinvest that and compound it. Hmm. And then they've also got, if you've only got a little bit of Bitcoin, they've got flexible um, flexible savings where you, you get a lower interest rate, but you only lock it in for 14 days at a time. You yeah. haven't got much to invest, but you still earn, I think it's like, 0.8 percent or something in in the smaller one but the bigger one is something like eight or nine percent which is not nothing no and if it's like well you, you can have your bitcoin and just hope that the price goes up or you can invest <clears> it <throat> and get more bitcoin and then when the price goes up you get do even better i wonder what they're investing it against because yeah, because you have to 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 earn interest on something. There has to be something that grows. So whether whether they're physically investing against something in the real world, you know, against property or something, which is why there's a ninety day minimum because they've got to actually do that physical transactioning. I don't know. Yep. But you need to have something to invest. You can't just invest something against nothing. It, it, yeah. You know. But here's the tricky thing. I. I got an email from them saying about investing stuff. So I thought, oh, I'll have a look into it one day. It was like six weeks ago. And then last week I thought, okay, I'll, I'll actually have a look and read up. And there's a lot of different options, different things you can do. You can uh, lock your coin away for investment. And when new altcoins are added onto their system, you earn those altcoins for having locked away your Bitcoin for a certain amount of time. Okay. So you could do that kind of thing. And they've got like half a dozen different ways of investing. And then I thought, okay, I'll try this one. So you read the video and it's like, okay, go to your account and then go to the savings section, then financial and investment. And there's no link in your account. They've got screenshots and video. Click here, click there, click there. You can't because it doesn't exist. (laughs) I don't know if it's just my account or if it's the Australian account or whatever. But I Googled, 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 and eventually found a link to what they are supposed to have a link in your account. So I bookmarked that, and every time I, I get Bitcoin payout from NiceHash, I send it over to um, Binance and then invest that in the short term. I've got one 0.01 Bitcoin in for locked for the higher interest, and every time I withdraw $100, once my NiceHash gets to $100 worth of Bitcoin, I send that to Bitcoin and put that in the lower interest short term until I've accumulated enough to then put it into the bigger one for more uh, interest. Hmm. 
Sounds they make it work for it. Yeah. Sounds too much like real world banking to me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand that. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't get any interest. <laughs> I got a mortgage, so any interest I would get would be eaten away straight away. Yeah, pretty much. But I got a, a story to talk about that soon as well, and it will be quite interesting. We're going to have some big changes with our IT systems effects. <clears throat> I think that's oh, look. Yeah, I got a couple. I got a couple of stories about that as well, and that's the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. One week you have a story about how we're shutting down all access to this, and next week, hey, we've decided we're going to use this to open that up. And it's like, didn't you just say you're closing that? <laughs> It's like, uh, seriously? Everyone's banning this except for these ones actually like it, so they're not going to ban that. Yeah. And then they're actually not going to, not only are they not going to ban it, they're actually going to promote it, you know. <laughs> it's like, huh. So, but yeah, no, it's all been fun and games the last week, so, but um, hopefully we're moving into our new shop. The We've finally got, finally got a confirmation saying it's available, which because it's been available for like two months. <laughs> yeah, boy, so the other guys moved out ages ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and anyway, I've got an email the other day saying, "Oh, that store's available now." I'm like, "It was a, it was available two months ago. Don't tell me it's available now. I'm still waiting for you to tell me whether or not we can move in." <laughs> so that'll be. It's going to be like over a weekend or a few weekends thing. Uh, moving bits and I think pieces, I think there's a month layover with our leases. Yep. So it'll just have a month to swap. Like, I mean, it's literally thirty meters. <laughs> away so it's not like it's hard all the all of will's mates come in for a slab and you can help move over the weekends get paid in the slab of 4x i don't know who's buying the slab but it ain't me slab of 4x <laughs> i give him a quality stuff that's better than vb <laughs> well <laughs> it's it's all like having sex in a canoe isn't it it's a, it's a thought that counts right Geez, <laughs> you must not think very much of your mates. <laughs> if that's the kind of thing you're thinking about. What, having sex uh, in a canoe? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, dear. We started uh, at the low. <laughs> There's only one way to go, and that's down. <laughs> <laughs> that's you can't go up. No. The gutter doesn't go oh. up. <laughs> I guess before we start, we should talk about the things that go across here and get them out of the way. The, uh, uh, yeah, Patreon, um, Kofi, uh, PayPal, all those things you can sign up to and... Um, Give people rock. And help us out with that stuff. It's That's great. Uh, of course, you catch us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and all the other social media places as well if you want to catch up. We're a bit slack on most of it, but it's uh, it's hard. We're very you? slack on Twitch lately. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it's it's hard when you uh, you know working flat out, and this is sort of the unfortunately. As much as I you know I'd love to say this show gets priority, it, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't. I'd love it too. I'd love to spend more. I'd love to spend a few hours a week prepping and getting it ready and doing, more shows. doing some more media side of it and stuff and yeah there's a million ideas for shows just none of it we can seem to have time to get any of it rolling but that might all change much um feedback from aussie tech roundup did we uh no it's still something i want to do though um it's just that's time yeah <laughs> it's supposed to be a patreon show um i did actually put a couple of episodes on the website 
the first two we did. Um, yep. Now, because they've been up for a while, they've uh, back to public on the website. They have, they've had a few, um, few views, but uh, oh, that's it's one of those things. It's all, it's all time. Time yep. is the issue. Um, and don't forget too, of course, we've got um, Blue Ocean Web Hosting, which is what um, Aussie Tech Heads uh, web hosting and all that other stuff is merging into. Soon we'll be all Blue Ocean. Um, so you can go there and check it out. Also too, don't forget, if you are thinking about starting a, a, a website domain, um, you can kill two birds with one stone. If you do a Patreon mid-tier level, you get a free website with that. So you can help yeah. support the show and get a free website thrown into that as well bonus so yeah and um we'll throw in a set of snake knives snake knives snake knives i don't think (laughs) it's got a it's got a snake on the blade snake eyes eyes. (laughs) two ones um and of course um battery central ipswich as well is is uh is my store and uh and i have had actually had a couple of calls from a couple of listeners over last week to help them out with problems, um, one was an off-grid solar setup, and one was for a yacht. Yeah, excuse me. Yacht. What, what, uh, I was trying to think what his name was in uh, Monty Python. Um, Raymond Luxury Yacht. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> no, it's it's written Raymond Luxury Yacht, but it's pronounced Threat Wobbler Mangroves. Yeah, that's it. But uh, yeah, so helped them out and got the, some batteries sent out to them. So that was good. Now, how many how many Tesla Powerwalls do I need to go off grid? All of them. All. Of them. <laughs> you get it. You can stack like six or something. Oh, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Te- they're not. They they will work in that capacity, but they're not really the best way of doing it. Yep. It's a very expensive way of doing a, a simple thing. So. Do you have a quick two second? What would be a way to go off grid? Because I hear a lot of people talking about they'd like to, but I think it's difficult. It's very. It really. It's very individual because it really comes down to how much power you use. And if you're somebody who likes using aircons and heaters and stuff like that, that's high draw electrical, um, it makes it very difficult. You know, then you've got to incorporate uh, generators and, and whatnot. So the 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 price of going off grid is directly proportional to how much power you want to use. You know, if you're happy to have you know, a fridge, a freezer, a TV, a washing machine, a computer. You know, your system's relatively small. If you want to add an air con and you want a dishwasher and you want um, a dryer and you want all this stuff, well, you know, suddenly you've just made the system 10 times larger. Then if you've got a workshop where you want to run welders and air compressors and, you know, you realistically should be running a lot of generators, you know. So, yeah, you know, a small granny flat weekend cabin, sort of deal where you you know you're running a fridge and a tv and charging phones and running a couple of lights you know you're looking at a thousand bucks you know and that that'll do that um you know then to to run a a house full-time for an older couple who don't use much you know you might be looking at six or seven grand up to ten say and then it gets exponentially dearer very quickly from that point on and if you've got an asic in the garage very expensive. Yeah. Yes. Because it sucks down thirteen hundred watts. That's all it. All day long. Thirteen hundred watts. Yeah. Exactly. It's. Where did all my solar go? My batteries are not filling up for some reason. <laughs> Probably. Uh, you, you wouldn't have a cloudy weather too, which wouldn't be helping. Yes. 
Paul Constant at the moment. Yeah. Although we did get a, a little bit of sun this morning and all the bees came out and had a look around, so that was cool. And don't forget, in winter too, your asthma is off on the, the panel, so you're not getting as much efficiency out of your solar system as you are in summer because the sun's so low in the on the horizon as well. So you might get eight hours of sun, but you're really only getting five hours of of usable summer, so, uh, you know, yeah. and even that's only half the peak it would be in summer. So, you know, that's why I've got a, a massive system that's, in actual fact, all of the system doesn't get used in summer. It's actually too much system for the inverter to handle. So there's oh. actually one of the strings doesn't even get powered up in summer. Yep. But in winter, that string becomes active and it offsets the difference. So I generate the same amount of power as I, in summer as I do in winter. Um, because I overgenerate in summer and don't and don't you well I don't generate all the power I can in summer. Yeah. You know, so Do you get about nine cents or something? Uh I'm not sure at the moment. I was on eighteen. Um but that contract yeah, I was on finished twenty a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, I was on eighteen, but that contract finished. I'm with Amber now and I haven't got a bill since I've been with him, so I've got to figure out what's going on there. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm not sure. I haven't paid a bill either, so <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if I want to go and check what's going on. There. <laughs> what me worry? <laughs> oh, you, know, you you haven't paid us for three months. <laughs> That's fine. Don't worry about it. You haven't paid me. I haven't paid you at all. At all. Just, just call us. Yeah. Start start again. We'll just <laughs> clean slate. Should we do some noose? Okay. Now, what I was speaking about before, <laughs> Australia's banks have been directed to prepare their IT systems to deal with the prospect of zero or negative interest rates by the end of April next year. Australian Prudential Regulation Authority, APRA, said today that it had written to banks in December last year regarding the issue of potential timeframes for rectification or mitigation. While noting Reserve Bank of Australia advised that a negative cash rate is highly unlikely in Australia, APRA noted this does not preclude the possibility of negative cash rates in the future, nor did it preclude preparing for that potential eventuality. APRA said the initial feedback from authorised deposit-taking institutions, aka banks, was that they are typically well-placed to deal with zero and negative market interest rates on financial market products, such as those typically managed in the Treasury system. However, for some ADIs, zero and negative rates on other products, example, wholesale, retail, lending and deposit products, would pose operational challenges. Furthermore, a number of ADIs noted high costs and competing priorities as being constraints for the implementation of permanent solutions. APRA said that a lack of preparedness could be material for banks if zero or negative rates came into play and the bank's technology systems were insufficient. APRA expects ADIs to, at minimum, develop tactical solutions to implement zero and negative market interest rates and ca- cash rates by April 30, 2022. Tactical solutions are typically shorter-term fixes involving workarounds on the periphery of existing systems along with overrides in downstream systems. There are a lot of, um, yeah, there are a lot of banks that can't handle it and they've come out and said it and that's why they've basically kept the pressure on on uh, the central bank to, to not... Yeah, I think there are other countries that have got negative rates already, haven't they? There are some, yeah. Um, yeah. There's... We, 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 when they set the... 
it's not something that's really ever happened here, so they've just sort of never set up for it when they designed their software. Don't worry about it. But that's got a follow-on effect too. Like, <clears throat> I was our banking software or our zero software that we use for our point of sale and accounting. It's not set up for that either. Oh. It wouldn't know how to handle it, which is easy enough because it's all, it, it would just be an update would solve that problem. But you know, it is something you got to think about. It's it, it is an across the board sort of problem. You know, it's not a not a one. Y two K two two, something like that. Yeah, I mean, no, well, that was a scam. But um, <laughs> yeah, when you when you're calculating zero minus percent rates. Um, yeah, it doesn't take much for things to go pear-shaped. You owe Australian banks $1 trillion because our computer couldn't handle the numbers. <clears throat> Pretty much. Speaking of governments, um, government backs blockchain with a $5.6 million in funding towards supply chain solutions. Uh. Everledger and Convergence Tech have given funding to explore two pilot-centered and, um, pilot-centered on support supply chain solutions and helping to ease regulatory burdens. Uh, the funding was awarded through the Blockchain Pilot Grant Program, which aimed to investigate the cap- capability of blockchain to enhance the productivity and competitiveness of Australia's critical mineral and food and beverage sector. Um, so, <clears throat> um, basically they're saying that... Um, the blockchain pilot grants will demonstrate the potential for blockchain to help businesses to save money and cut red tape by improving processes such as tracking products throughout the supply chain and transferring customer information. These two successful projects will highlight opportunities to improve technical and regulatory environment for blockchain in Australia, um, bolster blockchain li- literacy and support collaboration between Australian governments, the private sector and blockchain companies. So what's really interesting is blockchains okay yeah they've been a thing for for a number of years but realistically we've only ever heard them in terms of crypto um but now it's it's crossing those boundaries into not so much the blockchain itself but it's crossing the use case of that blockchain into the physical realm so now when you track so for example at the moment You buy a product of me. You buy that product with my part number. I buy that product from my supplier with a different part number. That supplier buys it from the importer with a different part number. The importer buys it from the wholesaler in a different country with a different part number and they buy it from the manufacturer with a different part number. Yep. So this one component's gone through eight part number revisions in its lifetime. And you can't, unless you know the chain of command and you know where every component's bought from, you, you, you really can't trace that product. With this blockchain um, thing even though the, the part number may change it's it's like um, the crypto it itself might change wallets but the actual currency can be tracked back to its original destination <coughs> uh, it's the same thing with the, with the product the product may change form or may change form or may change um, part numbers or may change hands and suppliers but you'll be able to pick up its original point of origin. Um, especially when you're dealing with inter, you know, government versus private sector transitions and transactions and, you know, stuff gets lost in 
in translation there all the time. So this would be a really good way to streamline that. Yeah. It's interesting how something that only really ever had a place in the virtual realm and was very, very limited use case traditionally um, is actually showing a legitimate real-world scenario. Yeah. yeah. It legitimizes all the, you know, the, uh, oh, what's crypto? Why is it worth anything anyway sort of argument because if the blockchain can work in the real world, well, the crypto can work in the real world. Yeah, it's all related. So. The social network known as the front page of the internet, i.e. Reddit, is moving to Australia. I don't know if they're moving. I think they're opening an office here, but that's the way the headline goes. (laughs) Reddit will officially open a Sydney office on Monday, the multi-billion dollar company's first presence in the Southern Hemisphere and just its third outside of the United States in a bid to grow its Australian audience and change Facebook, challenge Facebook and Twitter. The local arm with the world's most famous bulletin board will be spearheaded by former Woolworths Twitter and Amazon executive David Ray. Reddit Chief Operating Officer Jen Wong said the company chose Australia as its latest target after the local audience grew by more than 40% over the past year to become the network's fourth largest worldwide. We've been fortunate to experience strong organic growth from our Australian user base in recent years, and with this comes significant opportunity to level up our local offering in a more focused and nuanced way, she said. From building out our highly engaged Australian communities to finding homes for local brands on the platform, this launch is just the beginning of our investment in the market and key to our wider internal vision as we continue to scale Reddit at pace. Ms. Wong said the company would employ Australians in sales, engineer, and community roles and would actively recruit experts, influencers, and interest groups to set up a presence on Reddit. The new team has local contacts and they know how to act as communities online. We'll be marketing to people who are creators and who are interested in starting and moderating communities on Reddit. Reddit has been around for 16 years, and if you think about it, some of those big communities on Reddit have become incredibly influential. I was a big fan of Dig. Yeah, Dig and was then cool. Dig dug itself a hole and jumped into it and buried itself. And then I was like, well, where do I go now? Oh, everyone's gone to Reddit. I guess I'll check out that Reddit thing. What's his name? Adam something? I can't his name. Adam Ant. Adam someone used to was Dig. <clears throat> it's, uh, yeah, I mean, you know. Kevin Rose. Kevin, well, I was like, that's right. The other guy. Because there was Kevin and Adam, I think, the two. Yeah. Yeah. They were too big. Their podcast actually used to be pretty cool. Dig, yeah. Dignation, I think it was. Used to listen to that, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that seems like forever ago. <laughs> actually, it was. That was <laughs> when was that? That was. Uh, I used to listen to the Twit Network back in the day. Th- 13, 14, 15 years ago. <laughs> That's how long ago that was. Because I've been with Battery Central for 11 and it was. A, a good couple of years yeah, before that. So, yeah, it'd have to be 15, 15 years. Wow, really? <laughs> <laughs> that's how long ago it was. Oh, man. Um, that's depressing. That means that's how long I've been on this show for. <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> I was still working. Yeah, I was still working with Chester then. So, I've had a couple of jobs before this one. So, yeah, 15 plus years I've been doing this. I still don't know what I'm doing. Just follow the script. 
The oh yeah, that's, that's why I keep forgetting to bring up the script. <laughs> the highly organised <laughs> script, right? Um, so you're talking about the ex CEO of Woolworths. Well, the current CEO of Woolworths <laughs> uh, has said that they they're going to improve their revenue structure. They're going to build a new fulfilment centre to service their e-commerce direct-to-door sales. Yeah, um, take on Amazon. Woolworths uh, has lodged development plans with Sutherland Shire Council to build a new online customer fulfillment centre in Caringbar, New South Wales, uh, to help with online grocery orders. The supermarket giant envisions a new 7,200 square metre complex uh, can fill an extra 15,000 home deliveries and direct door boot each week for customers based in the Southern Shire, spanning from Canal to N. In in Gadeen? I don't know. In Gadeen. I used to live there. Oh, there you go. Uh, both the facility will have wider aisles and more shelf space than supermarkets to allow personal shoppers to handpick from around 20,000 products quickly, accurately, and efficiently. efficiently. Or as e-commerce director um, Annette Karen Tony? Karen, Karen Tony. Karen Tony. There you go. Said the CFC will also be company... Uh, first to offer dedicated pickup bays with direct to boot service for customers who prefer to online pick up their online orders themselves. So that'll be interesting. Um, and they've got. You, uh, if anyone's heard of Engadine, mostly it's got its infamy at the moment because there's been a rumor going around that Scott Morrison pooped his pants there in about 1984 or something <laughs> in a McDonald's. So that's gone all over the internet. There's this great big thing about whether or not he actually did. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. Sounds like something he'd do. Yeah. Um, so this comes as Horace reports. Online sales grew 92% from July to December. Uh, they haven't released this half yet, but I can only imagine it's gone up even more. So they'll add to their... They added uh, three... During the last half of the year, they added three new centres... In Notting Hill, Lidcombe, and Carham Downs, um, they're also announcing the first automated fulfillment centre to speed up even further in Sydney. I wonder if they're just going to do um, fulfillment for woolly stuff or other businesses as well. I would got a network. You might as well. I mean, I would others. imagine it would be the Woolworths. Everything under the Woolworths banner. I yep. can't imagine it being just... WS and all that. Yeah. I can't imagine it being just Woolworths because it's kind of... I mean, maybe. Woolworths, big W, big, big WS. Big WS, beer, wine, spirits. Um, yeah, I would imagine it would be all those. They don't specifically... But then again, they don't specifically say it's Woolworths either. They say, you know, they use Woolworths as in the corporation of Woolworths, but not necessarily specifically just the, the shop. So... It's funny talking to people <clears throat> on the internet about Woolworths and it's not the same company that was in the UK and the US. No. They're like, you still got a Woolworths there? Yes, but it's not that. They just picked the same name because it was popular and it's a completely well, different country. Not company, nothing It's related. funny. You got a Victorian. It's called Safeway. Yeah. Um, I thought well, somebody told me that when I was in high school. I was like, you're just making stuff up. That's not real. <laughs> Safeway? What the hell's a Safeway? I need to go back and double check. I'm, I'm not going to do it at the moment. But I believe it was actually called Safeway first. And yeah. Woolworths was more popular, as you said, more popular overseas. So they they changed it. But for whatever reason, 
it stayed Safeway in Victoria. Yep. <laughs> I'm not sure why. It's like you can go to, when you go to Melbourne, you can go to Hungry Jacks and go to Burger King, and they're next to each other. Yeah. Or what? At least they used to be when I was down there. You used to literally, you'd walk out, you'd walk out of the door of Hungry Jacks, and you'd walk next door, and it was Burger King. <laughs> Safeway was a chain of supermarkets in Australia from 1963 to 2017. The supermarkets were initially part of Safeway Incorporated, but were absorbed by Woolworths yeah. Limited, now Woolworths Group, in 1985. In uh, 2008, Woolworths Limited announced it would discontinue the Safeway name and the former Safeway stores were rebranded to Woolworths or closed. The final Safeway store to be rebranded was Wadonga on the 6th of June 2017. Oh, really? Yeah. It's an American company, Safeway Incorporated. Huh. Oh, it has been a while since I've been down to Victoria, but last last time I was down there, they were still Safeway. <clears throat> not allowed there anymore. Yeah. Interesting. And we won't let anybody into our state either. And... Yeah, well, that's a whole other load of crap that I don't want to talk about. Because <laughs> that's not for this show, that's for another show that I'm trying to get up and running. Yeah. So that way I don't Reese. care. They don't care if nobody listens, at least I can say what I want <laughs> and don't get in trouble. Stop with the Wait, emails. You're going to save know. your rants for this show. There's going to uh, be at least one rant. To they're an entirely different sort of rant, though. They're the rants people don't want to hear and they go crook at me. So. And then you get <laughs> Facebook jailed. <laughs> Again. Again. <laughs> but it wasn't the, the dumb part about it this time, was it wasn't even anything wrong that I posted. It was a meme. It was a meme. It wasn't like the amount of stuff that I've posted that could have got me banned in the last three, four weeks. This was literally a, a funny little cartoon that was just designed for shits and giggles and you they banned me for four days. Do you know what I got <laughs> notification for today on Facebook? <clears throat> a video I uploaded three years ago of the dog running up and down the backyard when we had a dog and it, there was music from the radio three rooms away you could hear <laughs> faintly in the background and they said this is had a copyright strike against it. Do you, and it's not ever going to show in. Here's a list of all the countries it's not going to show in. So you can scroll <laughs> through and see where they will not show your video. And you can either leave it to not show or just delete it. So I just went, oh, delete the stupid thing. I don't care. It was just a stupid video. They don't want back. Yeah. Happen to have faint music in the background. No, you can't have that. That's copyright uh, music. It's so ridiculous. But it took them three years. And yet when you post stuff that's complete and utter garbage and completely factually wrong, they don't say anything about it. Right. And you, know? you just post a cartoon and get banned in like two seconds. Yeah, I posted a whole, like, a few weeks ago I did a test. I'm like, screw it. They gave me a warning for something else I posted that was, again, correct. And then I went, screw it. I posted a, for about a week in a row. Yep. Everything I posted, well, not everything. Most things I posted were factually blatantly incorrect yep. not one of them they got fact checked the second I start putting legitimate things back up again they all get fact check warnings on them and I get oh, yeah. blocked again it's like so if, it's like yeah well guess what <clears throat> so <laughs> I read it it's competing and it's coming to Australia no I use mines yeah I pretty much I spend most of my time on mines I mean I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook anyway because that annoys me, but yeah, it's just, uh, I was just like, seriously. We'd all leave if we could, Mr. T. Yeah, honestly, like I, and this is the thing that kind of, this is a mini rant. The thing that kind of bugs me, like, 
everyone calls me conspiracy theorist or this or that or the other but you can go back through my last 18 months of posts and literally everything I've posted predicted and said was going to happen has I don't I'm not like what, what do I gain from from spreading conspiracies like yeah. nothing it doesn't doesn't help me it doesn't help anybody else what I share is factual verifiable and repeatable information that anybody with half a brain can can go and look it up. The problem is people don't. They're so brain dead and they're so they're so used to the media spoon feeding them that this information doesn't correlate to what they've been told. Therefore, it's automatically wrong. Despite the fact that every time the media and the government open their mouth, they say something different. You know, it, it, it and just, they contradict themselves. If you don't want to believe me because you've done your own research and you've come to the conclusion that I'm wrong, fine. But don't just tell me I'm a conspiracy theory and get back in my hole when you have no concept of how the world functions outside of outside of your own living room. Yeah. You know, like I'm all for for you know having a intelligent conversation with somebody where education can be learnt by both parties, but. <laughs> And then the thing is, when I spoon spoon feed people information, they go, oh, show me all your sources. It's like, I've literally just spent half an hour writing a reply to you. I'm not citing every street source I've just used. (laughs) Surely, if you type in the things I've got in quotes into Google, you might find some information on it. You know, like... Yeah, it's not that hard. The world, we have access to more information than we've ever had. And we have less people with the ability to pass that information because nobody can think for himself. Yeah. So the world is now dumber than it ever has been and we have more information for it. And it seems the people with the more PhDs and doctorates you've got after your name, the worse the offenders. Yeah. You know? They don't get shadow banned. <laughs> no. No, that's right. But- well, not the ones who are on the government payroll anyway. <laughs> But yeah, it's just uh, not specifically Facebook in general. Just just things in general. When I say something, I say it because that's how it is. I'm not saying it because that's how I want it to be, or it's how it should be, or it's how I think it is, or it's how you think it is. That's how it is. I've, I looked into it. There's seven different variations on what it could be. I've dug through all of those seven to find the one that it is actually correct. You know. So, it's, yeah, whatever. Anyway, enough of that. <laughs> Researchers have shown that it's possible to spoof and get through Windows Hello facial recognition system used for passwordless logins on personal computers. Windows Hello uses infrared and red, green, blue RGB cameras to scan users' faces and match the data obtained against a password hash for authentication. By using a single captured infrared frame and a cloned USB device, Researchers at security vendor CyberArk have been able to spoof a user's visage and gain access to a PC running Windows Hello for business for logins. CyberArk believes it's possible to create infrared frames through regular color images as well through automated filters and machine learning algorithms. Our research yielded an interesting attack venture, Vector. Capture a victim's image, save the captured frames, impersonate a USB camera device and eventually send those frames to the system for verification. At the heart of this vulnerability lies the fact that Windows Hello allows external data sources, which can be manipulated as a route of trust, researchers said in their analysis of the flaw. Microsoft issued a patch for the flaw today, 
applicable to supported version of Windows 10 32-bit and 64-bit and for ARM 64-based systems. To mitigate against attacks that could bypass biometric or user authentication, Microsoft suggests you use enhanced sign-in security. CyberArk researchers say enhanced sign-in security does mitigate against attacks, but it requires specialized cameras, firmware, and hardware drives to work. I was using Face Unlock with my phone for a while. It sort of worked most of the time, I think. But I think yeah. it's, it's not. I don't think of it as secure. No. So I just went back with the fingerprint unlock. So I don't even find the fingerprint one works that well. If you've got somebody, especially somebody who's in a dusty or gr- dirty, greasy environment, you can walk up to their fingerprint scanner and press it because their fingerprints are literally built up on the back of the scanner. It just All triggers right. it even with their fingerprint. For me, I've, I've <sighs> been doing a lot of gardening lately and I get a message, I'm like, I've got a bit of dirt yeah, on there. Right. Unlock, <laughs> unlock, unlock. Try pressing harder. I'm going to push you right through the other side. Okay, slide up. Let me do my little picture. There we go, I unlocked it. See, my fingerprint scanner is actually on the back. I've got, that was good. I had a phone that had on the back. Got, That's a great idea. Yeah, four cameras there, and then the one below it. So there's a bit hard to see, but there's four cameras up, two in the top silver bit, two below that, and yeah. then that bit there is actually my fingerprint scanner. But I don't use it. And how easy is it? Well, you're holding your finger, the phone, in your hand like that. And your fingers near there. You can just well, especially if you use that as your finger. You, don't, you can yeah. use any finger you want. If you use your index finger, it's it's right. I hold my phone there anyway. Yeah. So it's <laughs> that's what I liked about it, but no, they've got to put it in the screen now for some dumb reason. You know, what, what's funny? It's it, uh, if you touch the fingerprint scanner, like even though it's turned off, it still turns my screen on. All oh, right, see the, this doesn't unlock it. <laughs> see the infrared, it's yeah, picking up the infrared sender. <laughs> um, but I was trying to figure out for a while why when I'd be holding my phone. And I'd be holding it like that, and I'd just hold it in my hand. The screen would come on. I'm like, why is it doing that? And then I realized it's because I'm, I'm holding the fingerprint scanner at the back. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so that one had me stumped for a while. Why? Every time I pick it up and put it down, the screen turns on. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I don't. I just use the, the pin. But the funny, the, the irony is even the, you know, the pattern. Kind of irrelevant because if you've got a dirty screen like I have, you can yep. just look at the screen. You can see where the pattern is as clear as day anyway. Yeah. So it it doesn't really do. It's more of a. It, the only reason I have it is to stop it bum dialing when it's in my pocket. Yeah, like, mine that, does anyway, anyway, so I give up. <laughs> yeah, well, there is a, even even when I was doing the gardening last week, I even recently turned on. I saw that I didn't have turned on um, pocket mode or so. Accidental touch detection. Yeah. So I turn that on, and now I I unlock it and I start doing something. It goes, "Whoops! Accidental touch detection. Please click here to unlock." I'm like, I'm using it. I just unlocked it. <laughs> it's not accidental. If I've already unlocked it, I'm doing something. I'm watching apps and do. So I turn the phone off, put it in my pocket. I'm working away in the garden, and then I hear faintly in the background. Beep, 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 beep. I'm like, what the hell? Pick it up and it's got a 20-digit number it's trying to type in to dial. So first it has to slide from where the um, phone icon is. Oh. 
on the login screen, it has to detect something slid that up to activate the keypad and then start typing keypad stuff with my leg where yeah. the, the phone is in a pocket. So it's got phone, jeans, leg, and through the jeans, it detects finger presses, which should, shouldn't should be... My leg doesn't have, like, warts sticking out yeah, that it could mistake for a thumb for or digits. something. It's a whole <laughs> but then leg. you go through so fabric as well. Leg, you would think if it's it could detect there's six different numbers being pressed at once, maybe this isn't a finger. I don't know about you, but yeah, people don't usually press dial numbers with their every finger on their hand at the same time. Unless you're drunk. So, well, oh, you, you, you turned on drunk mode, didn't you? <laughs> Your fingers are too fat to press the numbers. The worst Please smash the keyboard to <laughs> the the thing about mine is mine's got the torch on the home screen. So yep. you can just I often have the torch going off in my pocket. Um that's kind of annoying, but I mean, it's good that it's there because it's handy. But that's the biggest thing is that just triggers that sometimes now. Yep. <clears throat> so, what were we talking about? I don't know. Fish. Must <laughs> fish. Today's fish is trout. Alan, <laughs> um. So, speaking of crypto that we were before, thousands of PS4s seized in Ukraine, an illegal crypto mining sting. Uh, Ukraine security service said last week the city of Vinyata, Vinyasta, Vinyeta, hmm, it's Vinyeta with an S in it. It's like crosswind vignetta and Asia. Vignetia. <laughs> Located along the southern... <laughs> along the southern Bug River. There was an abandoned warehouse in its industrial area that once belonged to an electricity company. Here we go. J.S.C. Vinicio Blengario. Perfect. Exactly nailed it. That's exactly it's how it's easy it for you to say. <laughs> Upon entry, law enforcement found it's been called what it's called the country's largest underground crypto cryptocurrency farm. In total, roughly three thousand eight hundred gaming consoles were rigged together and stored on metal racks, and over five hundred graphics cards and fifty processors were also found. The hardware was allegedly used to facilitate cryptocurrency mining, while those apparently responsible stole the electricity required from the city. Current estimates suggest the electricity stolen amounts from between one hundred and eighty-six to two hundred and fifty-nine thousand per month. Raids took place in the crypto farm, and Ukrainian police also say searches took place at the offender's residence where draft notes on electricity usage, notebooks, handsets, and USB storage drives were also seized. In a statement, um, they said our company... <laughs> this is a Google Translator statement, mind you. Our company has nothing to do with the illegal activity, and cryptocurrency mining equipment has never operated in the premises owned by our company. The utility company also added that there was no evidence of theft of electricity. Uh, the investigation was concluded by Ukraine law enforcement agents under supervision of the Governor General's office. In a separate but notable cryptocurrency farm plot, back in 2019, Chinese law enforcement uncovered cables hidden in a fish pond that were used to connect an oil rig's electrical grid. Active Bitcoin rigs were found hidden in the shed after drones deployed to track down the perpetrator. <laughs> so I just want like are they going to release these things you know they're going to like second bomb eBay 
Yeah, I mean, all those PS4s just sitting there. Hopefully they'll... We need... And there's 500 graphics cards there as well. Just just put them on eBay. They'll be fine. You'll <laughs> get the deal buy one. Please put it there. You'll get your money back for your electricity in no time. <laughs> <laughs> A struggling Sydney restaurant owner on the brink of closing his business due to COVID-19 has won a record $1.7 million in the Lottery Office's USA Power Lottery. The Lottery Office allows Australians to buy tickets in global lotteries, including in the US, because it purchases a matching ticket for customers in overseas draws. The 50-year-old man was also one number short of claiming the Division Prize, Division One prize of $170 million. However, the win was boosted by the man accidentally selecting a multiplier game for an extra three dollars forty-five, which doubled his Division Two base prize of only eight hundred twenty-eight thousand. Does that mean it's it would total... have doubled the Division One as well? Probably. That would have been what three hundred and fifty mil US. <laughs> wow. His total prize one point six five six million is Australia's largest payout from an online-only lottery provider. The man was notified of the win through a push notification on the Lottery Office <laughs> app, which he had only downloaded and started to use in December. Lucky, lucky bastard. Reckon. The Lottery Office Chief Executive, Jacqueline Wood, said the man from Oaklands in Sydney's northwest was in tears. You should be happy. What's wrong with <laughs> these people? The player said the recent lockdowns had been a massive blow to his hospitality business and he had suffered numerous sleepless nights figuring out how he could continue to support his family and staff. <clears throat> he emailed us straight after the app notified him of the win. He knew he had won a big prize, but he wasn't ready to believe it. When I called him this morning, he was in tears from the moment I confirmed how much he had won. The man said COVID-19 had crippled his business and he was about to close down. I have been in business for almost 30 years, but due to the devastating impact of COVID-19, I was about to go under, he said. I feel like this win is an absolute miracle that has saved my life and I won't let this opportunity go to waste. I'll put this money towards paying off debts and saving my business. Wood said the $183 million Division One prize in the US lottery had rolled over into this week, <laughs> given no one had won it. Our lotteries provided Aussies with some of the world's greatest jackpots and no one taking the first Division One prize. USA Power Lotto has jackpotted once again to a massive $183 million for this Thursday's draw. If the customer wins, we pay them the exact amount of the winnings we collect from the overseas lottery ticket. What was that website, Mr. I was going to say, what was the name of that website you're talking about? <laughs> USA Power Lotto. Go there. All right, show's Give over. See you see us next week. Bye. <laughs> Give them all your Bitcoin. How many Bitcoin will they take for a ticket? Will they take Bitcoin? Nobody takes Bitcoin for lottery They might. <laughs> I hope they do, says Mrs. <laughs> there you go. Lotter- lotteryoffice.com.au. There we go. Hmm. USA Power Lotto. Yeah, lotteryoffice.com.au. All lottos. You can do lottos. You can do syndicates. There's, All wow. the lottos. A lotto for you and a lotto for you and a lotto there's, for you. There's Irish lotto, European millions, UK lotto, European jackpot, La Primitiva, Italian super jackpot, US mega lotto, USA power lotto. Wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All the lottos. Could be here for a while. Can I just have $10 on everything? <laughs> no, not ten dollars each. Just ten dollars. I've got ten dollars. I just want everything <laughs> for ten dollars. <laughs> not ten dollars each way. No. no. <laughs> um. So a couple of quick stories. 
Uh, Amazon rolls out encryption for ring doorbells. Uh, Privacy advocates have been asking for Amazon to encrypt the popular ring doorbell audio and video traffic. And Amazon is finally doing it. Um, (coughs) Which has probably something to do with the 4 million uh, videos on YouTube (laughs) for the ring doorbell. (laughs) Because it's not encoded, encrypted. Um, Before using E2EE, you should know AWS hasn't yet integrated fully into the rings feature set. Uh, there are many features such as sharing your videos, being able to view encrypted videos, etc. Um, using the desktop app or the Mac desktop app or the Rapid Ring app and the event timeline that you won't be able to use. Um, doesn't work on uh, the, won't run on the Ring's most popular, least expensive battery powered Ring doorbells, which is like 90% of them. <laughs> so, you know. But apparently, you there's a. Uh, if you go through the, the thing, there's a uh, third party, um, one you can install. Apparently. Oh okay. Um, what's it say? You can install. Uh, yeah, it's a whole lot of acronyms. <laughs> PKIRSA two o four eight bit e two e e. Something. <laughs> so yeah. So you, if you got a ring doorbell, do the firmware update. It may or may not be encrypted. <laughs> um, quickly to Google is consolidating um, some of its services. It's replacing its two file syncing desktop apps, which was um, Drive and uh, Backup, or Backup and Sync and Drive. I think they were. Uh, it's incorporating them into a single one called Drive for Desktop. Uh, be used by all users. <coughs> yeah, it's currently replacing uh, Backup and Sync um, and Drive File Stream. Um, unfortunately, the apps are only available for Windows and Mac, not for Linux or Android, which is weird. But apparently, it'll work through the Drive app on the existing Drive app on Android. <laughs> so, I don't know if they're trying to... It kind of makes sense. I mean, because you had... you got to think, they got rid of Picasa for the same reason. Because yeah. you had, like, Google Drive and your phone was backing up to Picasa and Google Drive. And so, you're having all those multiple copies of stuff going everywhere. And it makes sense, too, if you've got Drive and Sync, or well, back up and Sync, you've effectively got Drive. It's just another folder in Drive that it backs up to. So, it's sort of, you know... <laughs> It's it's really just multi handling the same the same file, so yeah, makes it easier. Makes it a bit easier. They're going to streamline it a bit now, so not a bad thing. Um, it has I know it's, I don't know if it's just been our connection at work, but I've noticed that the uh, Google apps have got a little bit clunky lately. Yeah. So, so. Um, that's that one, and quickly. Microsoft is bringing Windows to the cloud with Windows 3.6.5 and cloud PC. You knew it was coming. <laughs> this is, is why... Sig- signature PC. This is why they destroyed Windows 11 because they don't want people to use it. They want people to use Windows 3.6.5. And subscribe monthly. Starting August 2nd, Microsoft will start selling subscriptions to virtualize Windows desktops, apps, data, and settings as part of the new Windows 3.6.5 service starting on the cloud PC experience. 
officially took the wraps off its newest virtualization service on July 14th with the debut of Windows 365 and Cloud PC. This new service, built on top of Azure Virtual Desktop, will allow users to bring their Windows 10, or once it's available, Windows 11, apps, tools, data, settings to their personal and work devices, including PCs, Macs, iPads, Linux, Android devices, via a native remote desktop application or web browser. Microsoft Pitch's Cloud PC will provide a secure place, <laughs> secure place to store apps, files, and documents, uh, which users will be able to access anytime on any internet connection anywhere in the world. Which so long as the service is up, because we've seen <laughs> Office three sixty five go away for a whole day. Yeah. Um, Imagine if your whole Windows went away and you couldn't do anything at all. Well, boss, I'll just sit here and play games on my phone for a whole day. How's that? Yeah, because I can't log into a virtual PC. Yeah. Um, uh, Microsoft plan to make Windows three sixty five and Cloud PC generally available starting August second. Um, per user per month pricing for the service around the same time. There's no official re- word on that yet. Uh, will be there'll be multiple price points and plans available, which will offer different amounts of processing power, storage, and memory. Unlike the case with Azure Virtual Desktop, the service formerly known as Windows Virtual Desktop, Windows 365 Cloud PC will be available for flat subscription rate and not a constantly changing rate based on the consumption of cloud services. Okay, that's actually not a bad idea. <clears throat> that's one of the biggest problems with uh, Azure Virtual Desktop. If you wanted to use it live all the time, it costs a fortune because they they go by uptime. And if you only wanted to use it when you wanted to, then you'd have to log into it, activate the service, wait for it to do its thing. So you can sit there for 10 minutes waiting for it. (laughs) So I kind of, that's kind of what Amazon does with their, with their virtual PC. You can run it all month because they give you on their base plan, they give you enough hours to cover the whole month for free. Yep. So you can leave it running all month um, and you don't have to worry about hitting your, your quota for the month. Um, because it's the same reason. It takes 10 minutes for it to start up. You know, if you're trying to do something and <laughs> start it and stop it all the time. Yeah. So. Stuff um, there are, of course... <laughs> of course, there's many requirements uh, required. Requirements required? Yeah. Required requirements? Um, you basically... Where are we? It's completely integrated with Microsoft Endpoint Manager, um, Image Gallery. Where is... Watchdog Service, which is good for the backup stuff. Um frontline workers, call centers, education training, you know, so office light. So they've got, for example, they're giving you some examples here. So one CPU, two gig RAM, 64 gig storage. Frontline workers, call centers, education training, CRM, which is office light, web-based, Microsoft Edge, OneDrive, lightweight, line of business apps, e.g. call center application, web apps, defender support. And they've got like the next one up, which is like managers, short-term, seasonal, customer services, um, Microsoft 365, Microsoft Teams, Outlook, Excel, uh, audio only uh, Teams, uh, OneDrive, Adobe Reader. Um, that's going to be a two CPU, four gig RAM, extra storage. You know, we're up to the top one, which is an eight eight core CPU, thirty two gig RAM, five hundred twelve gig storage, 
software developers, engineers, content creators, design engineering workstations. So they've got a fair few. Um, Sounds good for developers because you just log in and all your stuff is there. No matter where you are, you go on holiday or the boss rings up and he's like, can you quickly do this for me? You can log on your grandma's computer and connect across and away you go. Yeah. Um, Not if you're in the regional Australia where the internet's shit, but I mean, in real countries, yeah. And I mean, it, it uh, supports audio throughput too, so... Not video, but it supports audio. So even if you're on your phone, for example, you could log into a, a meeting, yep. you know, from your phone. It'll be secure. You know, it'll be secure, but it'll be exactly the same as using a PC as far as everyone else is concerned. Um, it doesn't do video, though, which I guess for most people that's not really an issue for, for the most part. Yeah, one day it probably will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can go to the, uh, if you go to techcommunity.com, techcommunity.microsoft.com and search for Windows 365, there's a walkthrough there and tells you how to set it up and go for a free trial and see if it's what you're sort of after. I was just quickly scrolling through it then. It does look very Amazon-ish. So if you use the Amazon virtual web, uh, virtual PCs, you the only real difference is with those, you get choice of Linux or Windows um, with and then different versions of Windows and different versions of Linux. You don't with this one. Um, the, the, the neat part about it is if you do have a system, whether you've got a server or a, a desktop system set up the way you want it, you can actually image that system and put it online. So, Virtualize it. Yeah. So say you've got, you know, you want to roll out it would be good for for rolling out in that regard where traditionally you, you know a knuck a small knuck wouldn't be powerful enough for a lot of that sort of stuff but if you're virtualizing and it's only running the virtualization yeah. you could take a one powerful pc put all the stuff on it you want to run on it virtualize that pc and then all the knucks would have that power to do that yeah so there, i can see some benefits for it it's just going to be interesting to see what their pricing comes down to at the end of it i guess might even use it at your business. I have thought about using one of the Amazon ones. Um, but our internet's not um, super amazing. So, yeah, pretty much. Part of it, it's not entirely Ambien's fault. Part of it is the fact that the buildings are 300 years old and uh. This infra, the general infrastructure around them is not great, and there's a whole heap of we're right next to um, a giant step up transformer. Oh. <laughs> so, be great for Wi Fi, yeah. Um, so our Wi Fi, our Wi Fi is okay if you're within like our. I got a six aerial Linksys, I think, uh, router, Wi Fi router. And I can walk about probably 20 foot away from it and just still have signal. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of interference yep. in that area. Um, turn the microwave on, that's it. You don't have signal anymore. Sure. But uh, but even it affects the normal internet even. Like you can hear back when they used to have the analog phones in the place, you could hear the buzz through the phone lines. Now they've gone fiber, 
so you don't get that. But I'm sure the electrical interference is still screwing with uh, the NTDs. So yeah. So yeah. That's it for you. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Alrighty, thanks for listening to the Aussie Tech Head Show. We can be found at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Patreon, and Coffee. Email us, Will or Warlock, at aussietechheads.com.au and go to aussietechradio.com, 24-7 back-to-back playing of the best tech-related shows from around Australia and New Zealand. See you next time. Bye.